Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in this world. I'm an ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. And I'm very happy to say joining us in the room is Phil Hall. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I've got a bit of blurb on you, which I've taken directly from your LinkedIn. So, uh, so, so we'll it's, see. It's accurate. <laughs> uh, as of next month, you have been with Mediacom 16 years, rising from a TV buyer to a TV director to head of TV to joint head of investment to head of investment, and now to your recent promotion to chief commercial strategy officer for the UK. Happy sweet 16, Phil, for next month. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Am I still new Mediacom? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> Am I, I guessing think, that? Yeah, you're getting there, yeah. Excellent. Uh, you're also a hornet, but we're not going to talk about that <laughs> right now. So straight in, what does a chief commercial strategy officer actually do? Okay, um, it's it's an evolution of my of my old role. Really, it's it's something that I've worked towards for the past eighteen months or so. Um, I guess it's a reflection of the fact that there are more pressures uh, felt by our clients' businesses and by our business than than ever before. So my role really is to look at what products we can develop, uh, what relationships we can develop and what deals we can strike that, that keep our business really relevant and make sure that we, we maintain our position as a, as a number one media agency. Um, if you think about our core positioning, we've built our business on growing our clients' business and predominantly that's been through brilliant media planning and, and media execution. Um, and I think in many cases that gives us uh, gives us permission to start uh, conversations with clients and with media owners about other facets of the business related back to media planning and buying, mm-hmm. but other ways in which we can we can add value. So that might take the form of Blink, obviously, which we've launched in the UK. I'm a more digital consultative business. Uh, it could be about business to business. It could be about introducing clients to each other and introducing clients to media owners in a different sort of way to see where there can be a value exchange and where we can add value in that process. And I think that if we, and it remains at the heart of our business to, to grow clients' businesses, not just doing it through a, through a spot and space buying way and looking at all of the other angles out there mm. is, is something that we can really use to, to, to add value into that process. Um, I think that... To a large extent, the role is a blank sheet of paper because mm-hmm. um, the whole point of it is looking at what's out there and trying to craft new relationships. Um, I think it will. I expect it to be uh, relatively labour-intensive and fairly bespoke. It's got mm. to be. You can't apply a one-size-fits-all uh, to our clients in anything that we do. Mm. Um, so there will be a lot of conversations that I have that don't uh, that don't generate uh, a product or a, yeah. an action at the end of it. And I don't think all clients or media owners will, will want it necessarily. But I think if we if we offer an enhanced service to our clients, if we think about the changing world out there and, and help to drive that change rather than mm. react to it, then that has to be mm. a good thing for our business. Now, um, we've never had a, a CCSO before. Um, and if I, it just made me think that um, before I, when I became CSO, we hadn't had a CSO before. Um, what do you think's the the challenge or the advantage of starting a role, inventing a role, really that we've never had before? How, how's it good? How's it bad? Um, I think it's an opportunity mm. rather than a challenge, really. Um, I was actually I was talking to somebody yesterday, um, asking how long I'd been at MediaCom mm. and saying it's sixteen years at Christmas. I think it's, it might be sixteen years on the Christmas party, actually. <laughs> um, and and they said. Well, that's a, that's a hell of a long time. Why have you why have you stayed at MediaCom? Why are you there? Which I guess is a question that a lot of us that have been here yeah, for for a get while asked, yeah. get asked. Um, I think the thing that makes MediaCom really special is 
here, if you spot an opportunity uh, and you think you can add value and you make a convincing case as to why you should be in that role, you can develop that opportunity. And it's a really easy thing to say, and I think a lot of, I imagine a lot of people around town in interviews say it, but it's really true here. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that is a pretty amazing thing, yeah. really. And I think it's what, whatever level, yeah. I think. And I think when. We welcome it as well. Yeah, yeah I think cu- culture is a difficult thing to pin down and to mm-hmm. say this is Mediacom culture, but if I had to distill it into one thing, it's the ability for individuals in what is a very big, diverse company to have an idea and make a difference. And I think the, the thing that sets us apart is not only can you go off and pursue that, it's, you won't do it by yourself. You'll find yeah. help and support all the way along the line. Mm-hmm. So my job, as you mm-hmm. said, I've, I've held a number of different jobs at Mediacom, and... I think I've done those those fairly traditional roles in my own way. Um, this is a new job that I can do in completely my own way, but as long as I can add value back in there, then that's a great opportunity. I don't think I'd work particularly well in a, in a business or in a role that was really, really structured and really... Um, really limiting yeah. I, I prefer to to work in a, in a freer sort of way and it's, it's interesting you, you pull that out because that's the first thing that I noticed about the company that I jo- joined all that time ago was the ability to do that and I've always thought that's something to fight to keep and it's 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 brilliant actually that that uh, we're still doing that I think so I mean, so you were the first person to do your role I'm the first person to do my role and look at my direct reports in investment more yeah. than half of them are the first people to do their role yeah. there and I think that's I think that's good I think that shows that shows diversity you want diversity of, of thought and that's mm. that's how I want investment to behave well and, and the kind of change that you need at the moment the pace of change that you need at the moment yes well, I think if our, if our roles if our roles weren't evolving and if our titles didn't evolve to reflect those roles we'd probably be doing right. something wrong interesting so I mean I remember um, before I spoke to you, um, on, a, on a personal level, I was a bit worried as head of investment that you might be a bit boring and, you know, just <laughs> loving money and spreadsheets. Is that what you've got to do to be brilliant at investment? Is it is it a love of money and spreadsheets or what uh, is it? Yeah, it's money, spreadsheets, smashing up phones and going to the pub. Yeah, it's, Big it's, bottles it, of champagne. It's still 1995, yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, being able to count definitely helps. Uh, it does help. Um but calculator <laughs> check yeah it, even that's overrated sometimes um right oh, i don't want to sort of give away any massive trade secrets right the actual maths behind investment and behind trading is not complicated maths yeah if it was complicated maths then i wouldn't be in the role i'm in now um what it is about is about using those numbers to to create a successful argument in negotiations mm. and the ability to analyze those numbers and to look at areas where you can drive value from them. So, in other words, to have a perspective that other people out in the market won't be able to have, because that's the way I think that you can create true value from deals. You need people that are that are solely focused on negotiation. If you look over the road at Group M, you've got world class people there that mm. can drive deals. But you need to be able to also interpret those numbers and think about ways that you can that you can use them in a way that other people can't because that that helps to set you set you apart um i think to some extent you know it's the 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 money and spreadsheets comment for for a long time might might have been true and i think that investment departments still looking around town sometimes tend to sit in a bit of a silo calculator smashing people Mm. um but i think the one thing i've tried to do for investment over the last few years is to 
uh, encourage integration and, and collaboration across that floor. Um, I don't think in the time that I've been here working in investment, I don't think we've ever been particularly badly siloed. Um, but my, my positioning of the, of the department to the team over the years has been the investment at the heart of our business. I, I want investment and the leverage that we have uh, to, to power what we do, to deliver, uh, to deliver brilliant results for clients. And I think if you look at the scale that we've got, the media owner relationships that we have as a result, and the smart trading team that we have as well, mm. it's incumbent on us to use that. And that's not just about delivering uh, guarantees for clients, as important as that is. It's about pushing boundaries, and it's about creating, creating new products and new routes to market, new ways to communicate. So I think that that sense of collaboration and that awareness of, got, of what's going on in the wider business is really key to being a successful investment person. Mm. I mean, I think you, the mm. way in which you've done that, whilst also doing the, the bit of the day job that's the day job, which is at, at, at such scale here and at such fast pace, but that you've also shaped the, the way in which your teams work with the rest of the agency so distinctively, I think that's quite extraordinary. I mean, I, I really do. And and unique so it sort of brings me to the question of deep down inside what's the what's your core belief about yourself or what do you what would you pull out as being why you've got to where you are um i i like working with people uh and i like solving problems Mm -hmm. i really like uh looking at a business problem and approaching it from a different way and uh collaborating with people Mm -hmm. to get that to get that done um that's it's, Im- not, it's not the easy route. No, it's not the easy route. But I think it's. I think the reason that I've enjoyed my time here and that I've been successful here is that, that my nature tends to fit the way that the company behaves. So I, I'm naturally collaborative. I spoke earlier about the fact that if you've got an idea, people will rally around yeah. and support you. I was I was talking to a group of business directors yesterday about a potential uh, new way of working with with clients and with media owners, and the instant sense of engagement and lean forward and by the time I got to my, back to my desk two of them had emailed me mm. to say we're up for this we're going to put it to our clients as an idea I think that's that's great so that suits my personality mm. um, I like trying to create something from nothing mm. as I say mm. um, getting value from a deal I like talking to media owners it's not very command and control what you're describing is it which is perhaps how a lot of investment stereotype Stipes would be well. I think. I mean, you 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 have things under your control. I was just saying that you don't. But. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think there's. I think we've got a luxury in that we've got Group M over the road yeah. who who are negotiating the majority of our of our spot and space deals. Mm. And with that out of the way, obviously those deals need monitoring and they need refining yeah. and they need improving and controlling yeah. on a day to day basis. But but with that that bedrock yeah. there then you can approach people and have and have very different conversations safe in the knowledge that your day to day is done and be more creative yeah, yeah. Um, and I, that's what I get a kick from as well yeah. Yeah. I think that in terms of, sort of assets I'm I'm reasonably uh, there's quite a bit of pressure on the buying side yes. and I'm reasonably good at, yeah. at at working with that and controlling it and uh, hiding it where needs be. I think the people that are close to me can tell when I'm under pressure yeah. and will be able to say, mm, I think you're having a difficult day. <laughs> but I think out- outwardly yeah. I'm pretty good I, at, I at taking that on. I can an occasion where... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's one it's or two. slightly different There's thing, one or two yeah. times, yeah. So what's next? What's next for you? You've just got this amazing role. What's, what's next? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so short-term 
obviously yeah I'm, I'm a month or so into into this um, new role uh, although I've been I've been working towards it for for the mm. last 18 months or mm. so um, so what what's uh, uh, attends that what's that process look like then because we've talked about if you're if you've got something you want to do we can um it's very distracting if you've got something you want to do you can go and do it and that's a brilliant thing about Mediacom and here you are 18 months later yeah how, how did that start was that you had an idea took it to Josh or Karen and then it just you just worked towards making it happen yeah it's, it's a good question I guess it, it, it brings into focus the things I was talking about before so yes about 18 months ago uh, I thought I looked around and thought what is next for me I've been doing investment for, for a couple of years at that yeah. point um, and I looked around at the the wider agency and, and saw some aspects of the business that I thought needed supporting and yeah. some aspects of the business where I thought that we could start to, to increase revenue, build a better product, deliver better service for clients, that, mm. that virtuous circle. Um, so I, I drew up, a, I guess, a business plan and a job description of what I wanted to do. Took that to Karen um, and Karen was extremely supportive and said that she was happy for me to... Um, to work towards this obviously I needed to make sure that the day to day was mm-hmm. looked after but I could start to diversify my role start to have these conversations and start to work towards it um, and we, had a, we had a goal in, in place for me to take on that role in a more full time way towards the end of this summer so mm-hmm. I'm probably a month or two later than the plan but yeah. I'll, I'll take that that's, that's, that's not so bad um, and it's the three things, the three guiding principles that have been behind this work and that, that continue and will be the thing that I want to land in everything I do in the short term is I want to make sure that we we bring people together in our business. Um, there's a load of talent in our business scattered throughout the business. And I want to, I think our biggest challenge as a big agency is to make sure that people work together in that collaborative mm-hmm. way. So it's bringing people together and harnessing that ability. Um, in doing that, the second thing I think is to deliver the best possible work for clients. Um, again, beyond the ordinary work that we that we do to make sure that we're utilising Blink, we're utilising Mediacom Beyond Advertising, we're utilising Mediacom Sport, all of those different mm. business units mm. focused towards delivering better work for clients that, that investment leverage can help provide. Um, and of course, that, that it's a revenue stream for us as well. We have to de- develop and and grow our business um, to make sure we're in the best place to, to serve our clients. So those three things, really, the bringing the people together, better work for clients, underpinning our business, are the three things in the short term that I'll be doing, driving us forward. Uh, in the longer term, uh, I'm increasingly interested in, in running a business. I really want to run a big media business. Uh, I've... I'm increasingly interested in management and what makes a really good manager. I read a lot. I watch a lot of videos on that. I think about that a lot. I discuss that with some members of my team, um, thinking about what my what my style is and how I can try and and um, make myself better because I'm I'm a pretty decent trader. I'm okay at that. And I yeah. think the next step for me in the in the sort of short and medium term is is to move into a position where I can I can lead a business. Mm. Okay, on to our regular, regular. questions. That's very interesting. What advice would you give to someone just starting their career? You've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy what you do. Um, if you, th- th- I think this is this is a business where it can uh, it can sometimes be hard to have a work life balance. Yeah. I think that the people that succeed in this business really care about what they do. Mm. Um, and so, if you don't enjoy what you do, it's going to feel like a slog. Yeah. So, at whatever stage you can through your through your career. 
you've got to be thinking about what aspects of your job that you really enjoy and appreciate and try and focus on them as much as possible I think um, if you don't get satisfaction from it then I think you're unlikely to succeed uh, I think mm. in terms of a place to work ideally you want to you want to identify somewhere that can recognise talent and that mm. can fast track talent you need an agile business you mm. need something somewhere where people can say that person's there's a particular need for this skill that person has mm. that skill let's make sure that we concentrate mm. on them doing that is that Medicom? I think so yeah yeah I do think that yeah. can, can we be better at it? yeah we can, a- be better we can at absolutely it. be better at it's it it's yeah. an interesting thing to pull out I th- well I think we you know as a management team we're talking about that much more than yeah. we ever have before in my in my experience yeah. about, about fast tracking people through the business um, because again when you've got a company that's, that has a lot of people at a more senior level who've mm-hmm. been there a long time you've got to make sure that you're offering something to talented people so mm-hmm. you've got to diversify in that way I think you've got to have a supportive boss I've been really lucky in my career I've had a succession of really supportive bosses that when I've gone to them in the, the Karen um, example I gave you and, and Josh at the moment I, I can come to them give them an idea if they buy into it they will say that's fine Phil you can you can go and mm-hmm. get on with that and that's that makes a massive difference mm-hmm. I think because um, if you've got that if you've got that entrepreneurial culture as a business mm-hmm. if you've got support from your from your bosses then it's down to you right and that's mm-hmm. all I think that's what anyone with talent or ambition would so, want so for pick, it to be in their hands. Yeah. Pick the right business is what is one of the things you're giving as advice to yeah. people starting out. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I, I'd agree actually. And we're, I mean, our agency is a truism, but you know, there's a whole load of change in our business, and we're in a really dynamic mm. sector at the moment with digital disrupting everything. Um, we need diversity. I, I've, I'm very clear with mm. the trading team that. If, if in five years' time we've got a trading team, or if in five years' time my, my successor is being asked a, a similar, albeit jokey yeah. question about yeah. is it all money and spreadsheets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a problem, right? And I, I want... Uh, trading floors are funny places, I think, because they can be quite uh, alpha places and they yeah. can be mm-hmm. places can where... Be the, the, yeah, they can be intimidating to people outside of them or sometimes even inside of them. Yeah. And it can be the person that shouts loudest gets hurt mm-hmm. the most. And I think that... Diversity is a word in our business that's used a hell of a lot mm. at the moment. And for me, whether it's diversity in gender, ethnicity, background, what, the, the end game out of that is you want diversity of opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think if we can encourage management throughout the building to, to recognise different people and their different skills, then what mm. we'll have is a, a team of people doing the work that are really diverse. And that makes us, that's where we really use our scale. Mm. Uh, to our advantage over our competitors mm. fascinating so if you were a genie <laughs> and, we, and we needed question. to summon you uh, I had a which we might well need, need to yes <laughs> yeah. what five commonly available objects well I have to be able to get them uh, would right. I have to put into my magic circle to summon you as a genie what a horrific question <laughs> 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 okay um, well my iPad's in front of me and uh, I'm as disgustingly addicted to the internet as yeah. everybody else out there so iPad An or iPad. laptop or yeah. something yeah. like that for sure um, talked about work-life balance earlier uh, a plane ticket to Kalkan in Turkey so Kalkan is a little fishing village by the sea in, in Turkey uh, I've been there I've been there a load of times um, I love it it's the place that I feel really relaxed so that would be okay. that would yeah. be good to get away and have a, a week in the sun there. Yeah. that would work um, I guess something that not a lot of people in the business might know about me is that I really love my horse racing 
always really? loved horse racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had small shares in horses with groups of mates over the years, yeah. wow. and I and I love that. That's that's a yeah. real that's my favourite thing to do. So maybe a copy of the racing post <laughs> my mum and dad would be so proud of that answer um what else five five five, five that's things three, yeah. that's three uh it's got to be some food in there right like cheese okay cheese <laughs> love and any particular kind um, favorite cheese no all of the cheese oh, all really i'm not picky just a nice cheese board um <laughs> and a squash racket so I, I used to play squash competitively when i was a kid carried on playing um, especially now with my cheese eating, it's important I can balance that out <laughs> okay. with a little bit of squash as well. So I think there are a bit of five things that, that okay. you could use for the genie. And, that, and now specific things. So, so house fire, everything alive is safe. Right. You don't have to worry about anybody or anything, any pets or anything. Right. Um, what are the three things you'd save from your house um, in a fire? Three specific things. Uh, cheddar. Brie, <laughs> um, right outside, outside of the cheese. Nice I, chief, nice cheese yeah. yeah. uh, I would. It's an obvious one, but family pictures, yeah. right? Especially pictures, pictures yeah. of my kids would be would be something I'd reach for. Um, okay, this is quite a weird one. My my uncle uh, is really eccentric and uh, was a diplomat actually, and travelled all over the, the world. And for my 40th birthday, not that long ago, um, I got lovely presents for my family and fairly standard sort of presents, all the sorts of things you'd expect, and it was great. And my uncle um, presented me with something he'd brought back from India, I assume in the diplomatic baggage, which was a sword stick. So it looks like a normal walking stick, and you you unscrew it and you pull it out, and it's a proper old-fashioned, like, sword. And um, my kids are fascinated by it, yeah. as you would be, yeah. so that has to go away. And it's so weird and so different yeah. and such a talking point in our house. Um, and useful too, obviously. I, and <laughs> useful. I mean, for, for disciplining children, I'd rather recommend sword sticks all day long. Um, so I think I'd grab that just because it's such an cool. eccentric present. Um, the other thing I would go for is, so my favourite book, by yeah. far, and it's not even close. Is uh, it's Martin Amos's London Fields? So I've read, I've reread one book, and it's that. And I must have reread that twenty times. I don't know. Okay. Um, and I've got a, I got a lovely present a couple of years ago. Somebody got me a signed copy of that book. Okay. Um, to the extent that I've actually got another paperback copy that I reread, but that yeah. signed copy stays yeah. pristine. And, and that, that. That, that was great. That's, so I grabbed that. that's a very interesting really insight interesting. as well, London Fields. Mm. Well, and you've you've sort of preempted my next question. So it's what book have you gifted the most, or favourite book if you're not a gift a book giver? So which is slightly got, different thing if you give it away. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not a book giver. Okay, uh, I'm so not assuming we've far got too selfish for that, <laughs> right. and nobody's having my copy of London Foods, <laughs> no, That's for sure. Of course not. Um, no, that that would be that yeah. would be my favourite, yeah. definitely. Okay, a management book then. If you read those management and leadership books, I prefer. I really like reading. It's it's not management books. I like reading um, Harvard Business Review. Mm. Uh, pieces and the McKinsey pieces and what I usually find it's a bit like when you start watching a video on YouTube and then you st- it, it yeah. t- sends you on a journey yeah. through yeah. I'll start reading an article on that usually as a result of something I've been thinking about or a specific yeah. problem um, that I want to solve and I'll then go clicking through links and suddenly find myself on something totally unrelated yeah. I prefer to to consume stuff in that, that bite-sized way rather than sit down and think I'm going to read a management book about, really about X 
Okay. Uh, so I'm going to change the next question because oh, we've course. established your favourite book is yeah. London Fields. Um, uh, if you had to uh, cast an actor to mm. play you in a film of your life, Phil, who would it be and why? Um, who would it be and why? Wow. Uh, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would say... Uh, I feel who's, like there's who's the ginger fella that's on home that was on Homeland originally? Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis, yeah, yeah. I think I think, I, I, think all, I, I think those I think of us that know Phil are all thinking Damien Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I think Damien Lewis would be could, devastated could, by could, that. Could, no, no, no. I think he could carry you off. <laughs> I think actually, and I think that it's an interesting take on you that mix of of you know surface calm and then deep kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's very interesting. Well, yeah, I, I just want a, a ginger lad that's acceptable <laughs> to the wider public, and I think he, I think most people consider him acceptable. So, yeah, I could get away with that. Uh, finally, if you were to, if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it, and what would it say? So, anywhere you like. Um, I think I would probably put it right outside my mum and dad's house, and. Uh, it'd be a picture of me on it, and all it would say was, "See, it is a real job." <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. to prove that it's not, because um, my, my dad used to work in in PR, and my mum actually used to work uh, relate, in a related right. business to an advertising agency years and years ago. And I think sometimes they think it is all just lunches and jollies, right. and it's a great old life. Yeah. And obviously, there is an aspect of that, yeah. but there's also a hell of a lot of time yeah. uh, on the Blackberry and, and, yeah. and working yeah. away. So I think anything that anything that helps change their perception would be that'd cool. be good fantastic and the last question is from the, the, the this box of questions I've got from the School of Life uh, we, do, we plug the School of Life a yeah, lot on this podcast and we've had absolutely nothing well, they did the, we got two philosophers into a philosophy slam <laughs> on, a, on one of the lunch and okay, learns fair enough if, right. only, if only I had someone good at trading just mentioned a lot one, read it and answer it okay thank you there's a few in there which uh what would you need to do in order to make your child proud of you at work? Um, Interesting question, because you have two. I have two. I would probably need to cancel all adverts on Nickelodeon <laughs> and persuade YouTube to stop running pre-rolls, because when I, when I remind my kids, when they, as they do every now and again, ask me what I do for a job, yeah. uh, and I say I'm sort of responsible for I help put the adverts yeah. in the programmes, they look at me with such bewilderment and disgust as why I'd want to interrupt Peppa Pig or do they, the do they not like because I, I remember my kids just loved the toy adverts because it was like a catalogue especially this time of year it was like really short films mm. about things they could ask for for Christmas it's, best, it's better at this time of year and my, my three year old's favourite thing to do at the moment is read the Smiths toy catalogue just idly flick through it basically just going I want that I want that I want that but yeah. um but my, my seven-year-old was watching TV the other day and for once it was something that we hadn't got on the planet. She's watching it as live. Yeah, yeah. And the fury that she couldn't pass forward <laughs> the adverts yeah. was... was and, and then sort of the, the accusatory look at me. It's yeah, like, this, this, is, is, this you. is your fault. It probably was, wasn't it? It, it, it probably was. Yes, <laughs> some of them were, yeah. 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 So I think, um, I think in order to make them proud, that would be one thing. But I think, um, I mean, on a more serious note, what I want them to grow up to to do is to have is to have really fulfilling careers that they enjoy and especially having yeah. two girls and the and I, I want them to grow up and for them to be absolutely treated as as equals and hashtag for, for not to be there we go the glass wall yeah. <laughs> yeah. available now all good yeah. bookstores you managed to get it in there so I drifted <laughs> towards it and you saw that opportunity yeah, yeah I, want them, I want them to have really yeah. interesting fulfilling careers where they're treated equally and paid equally to men and that they can, and why they can enjoy why themselves why shouldn't they be absolutely yeah, yeah. brilliant
Cool. Phil, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very Thank much you. for your time. Pleasure. Thank you.